It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We talk a lot about Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Jesse Bates, all the big names of the Cincinnati Bengals on this program. But today we're talking with our friend Joe Goodberry about some of the names we haven't talked about as much and how they forecast for 2022. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by Joe Goodberry, known by many names, former host of the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you have been a longtime listener, you know that. Former guest of the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you've been listening to the podcast even longer, you would know that from the original James Rapine hosting days and now joining us as a guest. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Podcast Network. We bring you coverage on your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Thanks for making us your first listen and subscribing and following the podcast. We're delivered to your eyes and ears when we drop our episodes every day. And as I mentioned before the intro music today, guys, we are going to be getting into some of the underheralded, underdiscussed, or neglected, underrated, you pick a word, some guys on this Bengals team that could be contributors could do things that maybe we haven't discussed enough. And there's an interesting list of players here that I've shot around to you both. Akeem Davis Gaither, who's getting reps with the number ones in OTAs, who got, I should say, reps with the ones in OTAs because of linebacker injuries. Tyler Shelvin is a mystery. What should we be expecting there? The running back, Samaj Pirine, made some huge clutch plays for this team. What about Chris Evans? How do those two compete for snaps? Other guys could be Von Bell, Jermaine Pratt, Tyler Boyd. The list goes on and on. But let's start with Akeem Davis-Gaither. Going back to the draft, Joe, Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis-Gaither, two guys that we liked in that linebacker group when we knew the Bengals were at the time targeting linebackers. I had mocked Logan Wilson to the Bengals in the fourth round. They pick him in the third round. I think we also talked about Akeem Davis-Gaither quite a bit leading up to the draft. Hasn't been able to stay on the field as much as he would like, I'm sure. And also is just seemingly behind Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson on the depth chart at this point. What what are you thinking when you think about Akeem Davis-Gaither this year? Yeah, and I think, you know, when we look at it now, remember when we talked linebacker, well, James, it could be five years ago, we were talking about how it's just two linebackers. You only need two starters. And then, you know, that is the reality now. It quickly became truth for every team. And now when you look at it with Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson, those are your two starters. But if you do need to go out there with a third linebacker, and the Bengals did last year a handful of times, especially when Akeem Davis-Gaither was healthy, uh, before the rash of injuries, that linebacker did happen and they had to get a little creative. He was the third guy, and he was the Sam linebacker uh, in a lot of ways. And I think when you go back to his Appalachian State profile and you're coming from a small school, you're going to need some development. But what he did there was basically their um, – they're Swiss Army knife. You know, he was a, a guy that would rush off the edge a bunch for them, blitz up the middle. He did some coverage stuff, and, and he, he tested and looked like a guy that could develop into a really good 
cover linebacker, at least on the athletic profile side. We haven't gotten to see that yet. I think he's got less than 500 snaps in two years, uh, going through development pains as a rookie and then getting injured last year. I think he would have had a role. And in fact, I think the way Lou Anarumo got really versatile and mixed things up on defense, I was excited to see where Akeem Davis Gaither would land in that defense last year, and we just didn't get to see it happen. Joe Casualberry is our guest. And uh, no, I, I will say this real quick. Sorry, I had to. That's one of the many nicknames. I couldn't squeak it in, and I don't want to talk over Jake at the start. Casualberry is probably the best nickname Joe has. Courtesy thank of Eli, Eli Apple. I was about to say thank yeah. you, Eli Apple, who, uh, you know, he, they both have fruits for last names. So, anyways, uh, he's uh, a cousin. Davis Gaither. What'd you say? He's a cousin. A cousin. Okay. Gotcha. Well, um, Anyways, uh, we, we talked about Eli Apple last week. I don't think he's he's able to land on this list. Oddly enough, he's talked about it quite a lot. Akeem Davis Gaither looks like he could, you know, be in the mold of that breakout. You know, he looked really good in OTAs. It's easy to look good for him, right? Because he's really athletic. But I think that one's interesting. Let's go offense, defense, or defense, offense, and we could kind of alternate, Jake. What about my guy, Chris Evans? Someone that from rookie OTAs last year, I set eyes on him and it was like love at first route run i was like oh that's how he runs he's different and i want to see more from him this year i thought he was kind of underutilized at times last year but i get it sixth round rookie didn't play a ton at michigan was probably uh working through the adjustment of of nfl life is it safe to say that he could have a bigger impact this year for sure and i've said this before that when they didn't take that scat kind of uh, yak receiver that i thought they would And I'm like, well, maybe that's Chris Evans. Maybe they use him more there. Uh, And you know what's funny? After reading the piece on The Athletic, I don't know if you guys read this, where they talked to a bunch of players and coaches about the plays that stuck out in their minds at at Super Bowl. Chris Chris Evans talked about that one deep shot that was open and was there and how much he had to think pre-snap and then post-snap and adjust on the fly to both because after the linebacker adjusted pre to post and then thinking as the ball's in the air, do I run under it? Should I turn? Can I face the ball? Do I have time for that? And then he just doesn't get to the spot. And like, I think that is exactly what he was going through all year. And he just didn't play enough to really get those live reps. You look, go back to Michigan. He did not play a lot. James, you just said this. There's a lot of development still for him, but you see the athletic upside what he can do as a receiver, what he can do as a runner. He flashed a lot last year. I do think there's a chance he's a number two back on this team at some point. And I also think he could be that. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, what, what's going to go on with Puka Williams? Can he be that guy? I think it could be Chris Evans is a guy that is the receiver running back, spread him out, five wide type weapon that defenses just aren't going to account for because where does he fall on the totem pole of weapons on this offense? He's near the bottom, and that's saying something because this offense has a lot of weapons. Another parallel with Puka Williams is he looked incredibly natural to me as a returner, a kick returner. He wasn't returning punts, but as a kickoff returner, I thought he looked incredible really like there's a lot of natural talent there the the athleticism really translates the vision translates it looked like he was able to play without thinking as you just discussed joe and that really that play that he talked about really stood out for me too and the way that he talked about it helped me understand it a lot better because he he had to adjust his release he had to change the the pattern the the route wasn't intended to be that that fade kind of route but based on alignment, Joe gave him a last-minute signal. Joe Burrow gave him a last-minute signal to take it vertical with the the player that was covering him, and and so he he took it vertical. But because of the disruption from the linebacker changing alignment from pre to post snap, like you were talking about, Joe, he had to change his release, and then didn't end up 
getting to probably where Joe Burrow thought he would be when he threw that ball. Also, there's a chance that Joe Burrow just didn't deliver the ball that he wanted to deliver. I thought he was a little bit off at the beginning of the Super Bowl in particular. Chris Evans will be an interesting one to talk about. And James, going offense, defense, I think is a great idea. We can stay with some position groups. I want to go Jermaine Pratt next, and then I want to go Samaj P. Ryan. And I know that there's some angst around Samaj P. Ryan, but a big thing for Chris Evans getting on the field more is will they trust him to pass block? He had seven total pass blocking snaps, according to Pro Football Focus, including the postseason. And that's with uh, zero postseason pass blocking snaps. So that will be an obstacle for Chris Evans to get on the field instead of Samaj P. Ryan a little bit more. But let's go to Jermaine Pratt coming up next. Bet Online is your number one source for all things sports wagering. You're looking for information. You're looking to wager. You're looking to win money. You can do so at Bet Online. I've used them and you should too. It's free and it's easy to sign up. And whether you want to wager on Major League Baseball right now, whether you think Joey B is going to be NFL MVP, or you think the Bengals are going to make it all the way back and maybe finish the job in 2022, you can wager on all of that and so much more. In one spot, bet online. It's the best spot for all of your sports scores, news, and betting information. Bet online is where the game starts. So check them out right now. Bet online, sign up for free on your mobile device or your laptop or your PC. And when you do, make sure you get to wagering today because I won money on the NBA Finals. The NBA draft is this week. Maybe you want to wager on who goes number one overall. Chet, will Chet go number one? Jake didn't even know who Chet was last week. You can wager on that and more. Paolo, will he surprise everyone and go number one? Look at me knowing the NBA. Jake is confused as heck right now. Bet online where the game starts. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Joe also doesn't know who any of these people are for the record. Let's go Jermaine Pratt next. Jermaine Pratt is a bit of a roller coaster ride. Sometimes he looks like a stud of a linebacker who could be the centerpiece of your linebacker core. Other times he disappears for games or doesn't play the way you would expect him to play or misses tackles because he's not getting his hands on guys because since they drafted Jermaine Pratt and it's kind of, it's not really a joke, but he has incredible grip strength. And one of his big strengths is when he gets his hands on somebody, he generally doesn't let go. You're generally not getting out of Jermaine Pratt's grasp when he has you. He's playing in a contract year. This will be his fourth year in the NFL. He'll be, 26 years old. He just turned 26 years old, converted safety. So expected to be a bit of growing pains for Jermaine Pratt, who missed some time at NC State, who was a safety, who became a linebacker, added weight. What are your expectations for Jermaine Pratt this year, starting alongside Logan Wilson, Joe? 
Yeah, I think you set the stage there pretty well because I was going to hit those same points in terms of uh, being a former safety and, and the development curve of those guys. And that's kind of how you have to draft these prospects a lot of times is, is that that safety linebacker position is almost molding into one at the college level. Uh, so there's a lot of development for those type of guys. Uh, and I think Pratt has taken a step every single year. And if he takes one more, I think that puts him in the range of being a good linebacker. Right now, I, I'm with you. He's inconsistent. There are times he takes poor angles. There's times I think he's reacting late or just reacting to what he's seeing rather than anticipating. And I think that linebacker is very anticipatory position, much like uh, running back on the other side, where you kind of have to feel the flow of the, the front in front of you and cut and anticipate where that hole is going to be. Uh, I think the Bengals wanted to take Pratt off the field in nickel last year in, early in the year. And I think they wanted to replace him with a safety if they could. There was times Akeem Davis Gaither was getting out there instead of, of Pratt until the injuries started to happen and started to happen with Logan Wilson as well is when it became like, all right, Pratt is going to be on the nickel and they're going to ask him to do different things. I think they went with less man coverage, more covering the middle of the field while um, Logan Wilson was out. And then when Wilson came back, he, he assumed that position more in my opinion. And, uh, and Pratt, man, yeah, that grip strength, but also he's the guy that I think of that's going for the ball on every single play, right? Trying to rip it out, trying to strip the ball out of there. I think that's important. I think those are little things that good teams do, uh, especially in today's NFL where tackling's a bit weird as it is, where you got kind of are holding guys up and letting the whistle blow, or you know, you're not really um, you're not really thumping and, and hitting the way you used to. It's more of a rat tackle, which, in my opinion, doesn't lead to a lot of. Uh, uh, force fumbles or opportunities there, but that's when Pratt makes a difference. And I think he, he and Von Bell are the two guys that stand out in my mind. So I like Jermaine Pratt. I think in a contract year, he's the perfect guy maybe for the Bengals in their typical Bengals fashion to maybe extend a guy early and save a little bit of money. That's how you create a little bit of value there is by maybe extending a guy before he has reached his peak. I think there's an opportunity there with Pratt to do that. There you go. I was going to ask you that. So you think extension would at least – potentially we don't know what the numbers would be but be a wise move i do yeah because i don't think he'd be expensive first of all linebackers uh, especially guys that are not pass rushing linebackers aren't breaking the bank really uh when they do have free agency needy teams will spend a little bit but remember the few years ago when we really wanted the bengals to um to sign these guys a lot of those guys are ended up being released or and or traded uh since that time you know the Corey littletons and the the showberts and those guys i think it's if you ever find a team that fits for you at linebacker and you can play well within their system and you can get six, seven, eight million dollars a year. I think that's definitely worth it for, for um, a guy like Jermaine Pratt. Do you think that's going to be interesting, a likely mm -hmm. extension? Do you think that that is like, if you had to handicap the two most likely extensions, excluding Jesse Bates, right? Which I don't even think is likely, but if you had to pick the, the two most likely for, for this off season in the training camp period, give or take, who would they be? It'd probably be Bell and Jermaine Pratt, right? Because if they're not going to give the money to Bates, I can see them saying, okay, we'll give that third contract to Bell. Although I could see them shying away from it. He's a young third contract. Um, so I think Pratt and Bell make sense. I also could see major value potential if you approach Jonah Williams right now and offer him a Colton Miller type extension. I mean, because he'll be cheap now for the next five years, which at left tackle, man, that price is getting crazy. I would, I would approach him first. I just don't know if the Bengals will. Yeah, that, that part's interesting. I know that uh, there was plenty of talk before they exercised that fifth-year option behind the scenes about it, and I know we debated it in the media room, and then they did, and I thought it made sense at the time. wouldn't shock me at all if they extend Jonah Williams. But we were going to go offense, defense, offense, defense, or vice versa, but you mentioned Von Bell. Let's talk about him a bit because I, I do think he goes under the radar in 
the beauty of the Dax Hill pick was he works with Jesse Bates. He also works with Von Bell. Both guys are in contract years. Whoever you get to keep, that's great. If Bates walks and it feels like they're not going to get an extension done, like Jake said, then Von Bell is a, a prime extension candidate. What uh, what did you like about him last year? Because I, I thought he took a, a big step at, comparative to his 2020 year in coverage, at least. I know he's not great in coverage, but I thought he was better in 2021. Yeah, that's the thing. We know he's not that deep, rangy center field type, um, but he's just a heady, good. I think they love his character, love his leadership, obviously. You know, he's the the a captain you want to retain on a defense that had a lot of success, so I get it. Uh, I do think there is potential to upgrade. Like, I, I kind of with Mike Santagata on the idea of a Jesse Bates and a Dax Hill means – whoa, you've got some athletic cover guys. Like the combo of those two, if they ended up working that way, is something I don't know if any team really has uh, in potential of, of what you can do with those two. But with Avon Bell, like I said, you're getting that leadership. You're getting guys set up. If you're going to be a multiple defense, a defense that's going to do a lot of different things and try and really confuse opposing quarterbacks, you need that heady guy back there that's going to help make adjustments and make changes and make checks and calls. I think that's why they value him, and, and he's a good tackler, and he's a good guy against the run. I think he can do some linebacker stuff and do more of that. I don't think he's great in man coverage, and I don't think he's great as a deep free safety, but you have to do those things if you want to be multiple and want to show some variety in your defense. And that's the only times where I think, like, I go back to the Super Bowl, that no-look pass from Stafford, right? He moved Von Bell. He, they, I feel like they set that play up, and if we need one, we're going to – if the Bengals show this, we're going to target 24 – we're going to get him to move and we're going to we're going to attack his area. And they did. And, uh, you know, for a heady, smart guy like that, that's been in the league for a long time and has played a lot of football. Those things shouldn't still happen. But I think he makes a lot more good plays than he does negative plays because he's rarely out of position, even though I just showed an example. Yeah, that, that would drive the challenge that drive real quick, Jake, that drive, the, the fourth and two handoff to cup. He's so close to getting cup in the backfield. And then, and then that play too. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, both. I would even, plays. I would even contest the no look pass as so many safeties are just reading eyes in mm-hmm. the NFL. Like that's not a Von Bell issue, in my opinion. That's a ninety-nine percent of safeties issue are getting looked off when the quarterback throws a no look pass. I, I think that's just a hard spot for for Von Bell to be in, and I, I'm not very critical of that. But I. I think that one of the big things for bell that this team really values is that leadership that work ethic the guy's a consummate pro you could i could tell in like five minutes of talking to him on friday before the super bowl when when it was open to media there weren't a whole lot of people down there he was the last person to leave while he was talking to like me aditi kinkawala and james palmer and maybe there were a couple other people around but the way that he talked about you were the biggest name film, in that group jake yeah obviously Right. I mean, the way that he talks about grinding film and, and continuing to work hard and the, the clear leadership in the DB room at, at just 27 and a half years old, you can definitely see that extension happening. And with Jesse Bates not happening, that, that makes it even more likely. Right. And, and it could be maybe just another two, three year deal or something. The third year of most of these deals is not something that teams are generally obligated to stick to you see a lot of contracts get cut after two years which are generally the effectively guaranteed years as it were so we'll be interesting to see if von bell makes that return james we pushed off some ajp ryan perhaps by design perhaps not but i do want to make sure we discuss the role for some ajp ryan in 
2022 because like I said, the guy made some huge clutch plays for this team down the stretch. And while people remember the fourth and one, they forget perhaps the touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs that got them back into that game. So let's go to Samaj P. Ryan coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And right now is next. Samaj P. Ryan is or was the second running back for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2021. Turns 27 years old in September. In I believe the last year of his deal, yeah, last and year. Yep. tripled Chris Evans' snaps in 2021 was used as a third down running back extensively, even throughout the playoffs. Sometimes to our chagrin, wondering why isn't Joe Mixon in the game? Now that's not really a comparison to Chris Evans, but the Bengals obviously also trusted Samaje Pirine to pass block more than Chris Evans, as he actually had opportunities to do so in the playoffs. He had 11 to zero pass blocking snaps of Chris Evans in the playoffs and was just generally trusted to be a pass protector much more frequently. Not as dynamic of an athlete as either of the other two Bengals running backs, but I think he's still an effective runner. He's not phenomenal at it, but I think he's good at getting downhill. He knows how to play within his means. And like I said, he made some big plays in the receiving game too at times. Do you think that and I think that the role reduces for Pirine in favor of Evans this year. But I still think there is a role for Pirine. What do you think, Joe? I do. And the one playoff play I don't I, I think people would also remember is the dropped, tipped, weird that turned into an interception versus the Titans right at the end that kind of right. got that game closer than it should have been at that point. Yeah. Uh, and th- I think all those plays show that he had he did make some plays this year for them. He was put in the situations where a guy his caliber of talent probably shouldn't be out there as much as he was, to be honest with you. He is a solid, fine, probably third running back, maybe even fourth on some teams that are really deep. And that's okay, you know, because I think he's he has special teams value. I think he can do everything you need in terms of if he's out there in the pass, that's fine. If he's got a pass protect, that's fine. If he's got to run the ball, that's fine. Even I think of the Ravens game where that, that first blowout where Mixon has that long run for a touchdown. And then it's P. Ryan the next time and 30-something yards for a touchdown. And it's like they look the same. You can get similar production. We know this about running backs. They are often interchangeable. Uh, but what's the difference of the guy in the passing game? And when I watch P. Ryan out there, he is not a great pass protector. It's just that Mixon and – Evans, Evans completely untested, and un, we have no idea what he can be. And Mixon's pretty poor at it for the most part, especially last year. You look at it and say, if I Chris Evans is listening to the podcast, I'm 100% sure I would say to him, Chris, you've got a major chance. You go into this camp and show you can pass protect, I think the number two job is yours. And not just the number two job. I think a role in this offense to be a playmaker and a household name is up for grabs here. And it's, it's, it's not that Pirine's bad. It's just what he offers can be found, I think, on every single depth chart in this league. And it's it, it, that leaves me wanting more. 
I always go back to the Giovanni Bernard, how good he was as a third down back and had some electricity, had some burst in his game where you gave him the ball. It wasn't a detriment. He was a weapon in the passing game. Uh, to go to P. Ryan so drastically this year, I think there was a lot of times where he stuck out there in, in the Super Bowl. You, you bring out that, 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 you know, that third and one, then the fourth down plays out there. There was a lot of games. I went back and watched how similar the first week of the season versus the Vikings was, how they ended up in overtime at a third and one from the 50, and they handed it off to P. Ryan, and he got stuffed. The same exact thing happened. He's in those roles because he's a better pass protector than Mixon, and I hate it. Yeah, that's the point, man. Hopefully Joe gets better at it or Chris Evans takes a step. You're right, because that's that's when it's really noticeable. And I remember you did post that. And then if you remember the fourth and one, I know you know, Joe, but for our listeners and viewers, that's the Uzama play mm-hmm. where Joe Burrow seemed to be holding the ball for an eternity. Back there, you're like, oh, my gosh. And then he makes the play and the Bengals win and, you know, things are all rosy. Um, one guy and naturally – I'm going to be the one that brings up a receiver. But Tyler Boyd is on our list, and he's got two years left on his deal. I think kind of goes really under the radar now after being kind of the dude in 2019 because there really wasn't anybody else in that receiver room with A.J. Green injured. But, uh, yeah, goes under the radar now, and I know he made some mistakes in the Super Bowl, but uh, what do you make of Tyler Boyd now going into year seven? It's year seven for TB, which – Really just means I'm old, but uh, your thoughts on TB. Yeah, that's right. And he could uh, get up into the top five of Bengals all time with a, with a really good year this year uh, in receiving yards. So uh, he's been here well. It, it's true. He, he's had a lot of good production. And with two more years to go, I think he's definitely going to end up uh, being a, you know, a favorite Bengal for you know longtime Bengals fans. Having said that, uh, when I went through and watched all the games recently, I did this about a month ago, I would say, before I went on vacation. He made a lot of plays that I forgot about. A lot of third down plays, a lot of fourth down plays. He was Mr. Consistent, Mr. Clutch. As he, he's always been. We've known that. Uh, but, you know, when you had a rookie in, in Jamar Chase who did have his ups and downs, you know, and they even though we don't remember it that way because he had such a crazy good year, there were a few games where he wasn't anywhere to be found or he was dealing with his own thing or he had a drop here or there. Uh, and then T. Higgins was, was down for a stretch of games. Boyd really stepped up in a lot of those. And while they, I didn't, I feel after like the thir- first four or five weeks when they couldn't do the why Hosh juke and really just let him run free over the middle and do whatever he wanted, they had to recreate and kind of figure it out again, as you do during a season. They found different ways to get to Boyd and they found different ways to stretch the field with him. I think of it all the way towards the end of the year where they uh, go five wide and got Higgins and Chase on the same side. Ravens all go that way, and you've got it out and up, uh, clear to Tyler Boyd, and he's he's gone up the slot, and you know for a long touchdown. It seemed like everyone was open all day against that Ravens defense. But point is, he did have a lot of big plays. Same against the Broncos, also when they couldn't manufacture anything on That's offense. He was the, yeah, the he was the big at the guy. end of the third quarter was huge. Exactly, and he breaks Justin Simmons' ankles and goes for that for the touchdown there. That's one of the best safeties in the league. You know, people have criticized Jesse Bates for missed tackles here and there. Well, there's a guy who it happens. You know, point being is Boyd is a good player and i'm happy to have him especially because it gives you three legitimate guys that you can go to on any given play right and because the depth is so poor and i want to get a chance to maybe shout out stanley morgan and mike thomas of what they can do because i watched them recently now that it doesn't seem like they're going to sign too many guys after ogan joby went down i wanted to go look at these positions uh but it having those three top guys the way you do makes you feel a little bit better about the depth being as weak as it is because even if one of these guys goes down, you have two really good receivers. 
It's it's great synergy with the three guys on the field as well. Yeah. And without having a necessarily safety blanket type in your tight end, and CJ Uzama is still a good tight end, but he wasn't like your Mark Andrews or your your George Kettle, where if you don't know where you're going with the ball, you're throwing it to those guys. Wasn't as much of that with Joe Burrow. It seemed like that was more of Tyler Boyd in this offense. And to your point, Joe, about him being clutch, 50 of his 82 catches or 61% of his catches roughly went for a first down or a touchdown, which I think a lot of receivers have similar rates. Like it's not crazy, but it's pretty good, uh, especially when you consider his ability to not drop the ball. Let's uh, let's finish with a grab bag of depth, guys. Joe, let's talk about those two receivers you just mentioned. And the the mystery that is Tyler Shelvin, I'm curious if you have any thoughts mm-hmm. there because the Bengals did invest a draft pick there last year, and we haven't seen a whole lot of Shelvin after he has some promising attributes when you go back to LSU that we haven't really seen at all in the NFL, even including the preseason. But it sounds like you're eager to talk about those wide receivers as well. I am. My uh, shout out or grab bag, as, as you will, would be Mike Thomas, Stanley Morgan, Tyler Shelvin, Cam Sample, and Brandon Wilson. I don't think we can forget about him because of how good he was as a gunner and a uh, kick returner. I still think there's a chance he makes a, a spot on this team if he's a gunner. But uh, to go back to the receivers real quick, watching them because I was going through the first half of the year and it was Auden Tate as the lone receiver when they went super heavy, right, with an extra offensive lineman. It's like they Auden Tate was always a great blocker. It's one of the reasons why a lot of people thought he may move the tight end eventually. Uh, but when he went down, it was kind of they didn't use it for two weeks, and then it was Stanley Morgan out there. And he and they ended up having a lot of fun with him and a lot of creativity with him, with him polling on, on reverses and jet sweeps and stuff leading the way. Uh, and I thought that was a real role for him. And I actually went back and started to watch some preseason catches of his and targets of his on NFL game pass. Cause I want to remember what he was as a receiver. Cause he really didn't get that many options as a receiver. Not the way Mike Thomas did. Mike Thomas caught a ball in the Super Bowl, if you remember. And you know, he had a couple of clutch plays mostly in breaking routes, slants, stuff from the outside. I think he can play the slot as well. I still like Mike Thomas as a fourth or fifth guy. I'd like a little bit better if you could, but I still like him on the team. Uh, but with Stanley Morgan, I went back and watched some of his uh, preseason stuff. And I do still think there's a lot more there at receiver. Jake, if you remember during his draft year, we really liked Morgan as a potential number four type receiver, a guy that could actually get deep and play the ball very well in the air. We haven't gotten to see that. And I hope there's that little bit more we get to see in this preseason. Like imagine, you know, our top three, the Bengals top three receivers are off and after one drive. You're going to see a lot of the Trenton Irwins and the uh, Stanley Morgans and the, the Michael Thomas. We're going to see what they can do. And I think that is an advantage to know what you have in those guys going into the regular season. Uh, and then on the defensive side, I did want to bring up Cam Sample and Shelvin because Sample to me, when I went back and watched, I was kind of disappointed after looking at um, uh, this draft class and saying, oh, man, he's very similar to Zach Carter in a lot of profile ways. Uh, I didn't see the burst when I went back and watched tape recently, and I was was disappointed because I didn't think he looked like a guy that should kick inside. And then I wasn't sure he could even went on the outside. I'm hoping that was just rookie stuff. I'm hoping if we see a little bit more burst out of him, a little bit more power out of him, just anything in the pass rush department. Uh, could get me excited that maybe he can take an, a step into year two. I think he was an older prospect coming out, so maybe that limits him a little bit on what his upside can be. But I'm watching that when camp and then preseason arrives. And then Shelvin, uh, I thought he was a, at his best at the end, like in that Titans game and stuff where he had to play, and he had to play towards the end of the year when injuries really started to happen at defensive tackle. And this I, this started because of the Ogan Joby thing. Where I'm like, okay, you're not going to get another pass rusher unless it's a Darius Phylon. Similar situation, we got to know when he's healthy, when he can, you know, be signed. I think he will be in the summer. 
but maybe you go with like a Eddie Goldman or Danny Shelton, a run stuffer that really gives B.J. Hill a little bit more of a breather in the early downs, right, and allows him to do what he does in the nickel packages. But maybe Shelvin can also be that guy. If he can take a step, he was a younger prospect, big dude, always has been, space eater. I mean, you can have a 1,000 pounds of, of beef with Josh Tupel, Tyler Shelvin, and uh, D.J. Reader. That would make it really hard to run against just guys with his size. He needs to show, though, that he can take another step of development. It's a slow developing position for nose tackles very often. Uh, so that's something to watch for. Yeah, those yeah, two. I think they're they're really waiting to see something from him. Like we, we talk a lot about Carmen, and he was obviously the higher pick. But I think they're in kind of similar situations where it's a trust thing and that Shelvin needs to show it. So we'll see. We'll see, especially with the risk now. We'll see how he does early in camp. And different question marks for both of them. Shelvin, I think it's partially an age thing. It could be a motivation thing. That was something that we heard about him coming out of LSU. If you can keep him motivated, you might have a really good player. If he's not feeling very motivated, and this would go for anybody, you know, if you don't feel motivated about your work, you're not going to perform as well. It could be a weight thing. could be an injury thing. And then for, for Cam Sample, older, like you said, Joe, coming in, but big competition jump from Tulane to the NFL. And not necessarily a guy that won by athleticism, a guy that won in different ways. And so can that technical prowess accelerate into a second year? This is where you would hope to see a bit of a leap for Cam Sample. And yeah, Tyler Shelvin, big wild card. But I agree with you, Joe, about uh, Stanley Morgan Jr. It'd be fun to see him get some more opportunities downfield a little bit in the preseason and not just be the gadget linebacker blocker guy. Because the fact that you just said Morgan Stanley Morgan and not Morgan Stanley is a win for you, Jay. Stock is up. I had to think about it. I did have to think about it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Joe, thanks for much so much for giving us some time and some interesting Casual conversation Barry. points around the under-discussed, perhaps, Bengals going into 2022 who may car- carve out roles, who have some questions to answer, who may be part of the long-term future as well until next time Bengals fans thanks for listening to the lockdown Bengals podcast and have a good one if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL draft if you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster you need to check out locked on NFL scouting available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.